0: that come forward this time this morning. Just stand in the biggest be I've already had two people tell me, "Now top that. I can't do it, so I'm not even gonna try." of that was beautiful. Isn't it great to be in God's house to hear great singing? I want, I want you to know, man. I've been here a little over five years, about five and a half years now, and I've never had people stand for me. And that's not because of my singing there must be something else there, So just. What? Well, that's a good point. <laughs> anyway, let's get our Bibles. Today I want to look at two passages Matthew and Mark. Matthew chapter 9, verse 20 through 22, and then Mark 5, 24 through 34. Now, yet one question. Did you say that Scott asked you to sing that song? Is he the one to ask you? Do you ask her to sing that song? To sing. Again, you've never asked me to sing. Just keep that in mind. Matthew chapter 9, verse 20 through 22, and then we're going to skip over the book of Mark and go to Mark 5, 24 through 30. This is a story you've all heard before, but I believe it's one of the most beautiful stories in the Bible because of what takes place. It's just an ordinary day. And all of a sudden, things change completely. You know, life is full of setbacks. Did you hear about the cow that tried to jump over the barbed wire fence? It was an utter disaster. Or did you hear about the guy that fell into the upholstery machine? Don't worry, he's fully recovered. Did you hear about the woman who moved from desperation to deliverance? In one day's time. That's what we're talking about today. You know the story. It's found in Matthew uh, 9, 20, 20, 9 20. It's a true story. And we're going to read it from the book of Matthew first. I want to read both versions of it because it's, it changes a little bit. It does have a little bit of difference there. So, Matthew chapter, what did I say? 9 verse 20. I'm in Acts. Oh, I Matthew chapter Nine. There we go. Verse. I'll find it at any time. Matthew chapter nine, verse twenty. Would you stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word? And suddenly, a woman who had a flow of blood for twelve years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, "If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well." But Jesus turned around, and when He saw her, He said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that moment. Isn't that a beautiful passage? Let's go to the Lord in prayer this time. Dear God, we thank You, Lord, for this time You've given us. And Lord, we thank You for these true stories that happened in Your days. And Lord, that we can just put them to use today and see that each one of us has the ability whether we have a sickness or a need or whatever it may be, that we can turn to Jesus and see the healing power that He can give us if we're ready. Just as this woman, she trusted fully, she reached out, she touched, she grabbed hold of His clothes. And Lord, she was healed instantly. Thank You for the story. Go with us now as we read it completely. All these things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Did you hear about the woman who moved from desperation to deliverance? Again, it's a true story. As I said last week in this, in last week's message, this is a passage that contains two miracles, really. While Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house because his daughter was about to die. In fact, he thought she had already died. He was, he then this this crowd. While his own on his way, To raise his daughter from the dead, to get Jesus to raise his daughter from the dead, he was interrupted by a woman who slipped through the crowd and touched the cloak of his garment. That's all she did. She didn't stop and say, Will you have prayer for me over here? Will you do this for me? Will you do that for me? He she just simply in faith reached down and touched the film of his garment, I guess you could say. And all of a sudden, she said, and I became healed. We have a lot of people that need healing today in many different ways. Like I said, this is recorded in Matthew and Mark. So I'm going to ask you to flip back over to Mark, if you will. Mark 5, 24 through 34. Now, this is a little bit lengthier, but let's read it because I think it's very, very important. Let's see. I'm trying to figure out where I want to start with this. So Jesus went with him. And a multitude followed him and thronged him. Now, a certain woman had a blood flow for twelve years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but grew even worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment.
1: For she said,
0: If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Isn't that faith? That's faith that reaches out. That's desperation faith. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? Now, watch this next verse, verse 31. But his disciples said to him,
1: but but,
0: who who touched me? And he looked around to see her and who had done this thing. But a woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, this is a beautiful story if you think about it. I mean, it just, it's just so unusual. You had this lady that had this blood disease, had this need in, his, in her life. She had gone to every way she could go to get it fixed by doctors, and it, nothing helped. She had gone places. She had spent all the money that she had, and it had done no good. She was desperate. She was in a desperate situation at this time. He was interrupted by a woman. Jesus was interrupted by a woman. He slipped through the crowd and literally touched the hem of his garment. And we just read both those passages. Mark, who often reported Simon Peter's words, Accounted the miracles, added many more details of this. We we'll won't read it all, but you can go back and read Mark 5, 24, 34. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. Try to picture the scene in your mind. As Jesus and Jairus and the disciples were slowly making their way through the mob, through the crowd, there was a woman who slipped through the crowd. She was on a mission and nothing was going to stop her. That's the way it argues. She decided she was going to go see this Jesus. And she was going to find a way through this crowd to get to see Him. She was determined to find Jesus. Let me ask you this morning. Have you ever been determined enough to find the real Jesus in your life? I know we've got Christian set in But folks, being a Christian does not mean you found Jesus. Being a Christian does not necessarily mean you found me. But this lady, she was so determined, she was going to get through that mob, through that crowd, that she had to crawl on her hands and knees, I think. She was determined to reach Him. And so you can imagine a mob of people crowded, pushing, shoving. And here comes this lady, perhaps even crawling part of the way, on her hands and knees because she was going to get to Jesus. Folks, when you want to get to Jesus bad enough, you'll find a way to get there. It doesn't matter what it is. Nothing is going to stop you. She wasn't going to let turtles or anything else stop her. I said that because when I was growing up, my dad used to tell me, I think it's one of those old wives' tales, but well, I'm going to tell you anyway, but I, I don't know, that if a snapping turtle ever bites you, it would not let go until it thunders. Rocky's saying that's true. I don't know if I believe about either, so <laughs> but I, I grew up thinking that, believing that. Of course, I never was bit by snapping dolls and don't want to be to find out. But that's how desperate this lady was. She wasn't gonna let anything stop her from receiving immediate. Isn't that a beautiful passage? She was determined to get to God, to get to Jesus Christ. This woman didn't deliberately go up and reach out her finger and gently touch the hem of his garment. I believe she grabbed hold of it and was pulling it off on him. She was so determined. She was not going to let it go. I mean, it was that important to her. She's going to reach Jesus. It did not matter what everybody else did. She grabbed it like a drowning person grabs onto a life ring. That kind of touch always gets Jesus' attention. For any one of us. Was she the only suffering person there that day in that crowd? Of course not. But she was the only one who grabbed hold of Jesus that day. And it made a difference in her life. Folks, if you want to really find Jesus Christ, grab hold of Him. Let Him see how desperate you are. Let Him see how despondent your life is, perhaps, or how sick your life may be, or whatever it may be. Grab hold of Him with everything you've got and hold on will get Jesus' a teaching real quick. There yeah, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But here they were. She was the only one who grabbed hold of Jesus in faith. Sadly, today, now I'm going to speak in ministerial terms here a moment, but there's probably 200 people in this room. And <clears throat> one way or another, most of us will touch Jesus with our hands with our songs we just sang, with our orphans, all about reading the Bible. But in this crowd, Jesus can tell who's really suffering. Who really needs to grab hold of his power, if you will. And no, we don't have two to here, but they're all about you just can't put
1: our in the Bible, so just
0: we have people here every Sunday. People with needs. People with hopes, people with situations in their life, and they're hurting, even though they may be sitting here right now. But in this crowd, Jesus can tell who's really suffering and who needs to grab hold of his power. And I believe with all of my heart, you may may not believe this, but I do. So it doesn't matter if you do or not to me. I believe that Jesus is here. I believe He's here every time we get together to worship. Now, we can have other events, and He may not show up. I don't know. But I believe He's here today with us. Because He wants us to worship Him. He wants us to lift up His name. He wants us to sing those songs we just sang. He wants to hear that song that the songs are just sang. Because it's beautiful that His ears as well as that I But He's here with us today. You may not see Him. Feel you, you may not can touch him, but he'll touch you if you're waiting. There's so many ways that he's with us today. Jesus can tell who is really suffering and who needs to grab hold of his power. Not my power. My power only do you a bit, luck, a bit of things. But when you find Jesus, you'll feel the difference. It will make a difference in your life. This desperate woman was suffering in at least three ways. And she shows us that. First of all, you can reach out to Jesus when you're suffering physically. When you're a part in your life, and maybe you're going through some ailment, and whatever it may be, you can reach out to Jesus and He'll be there. I said a while ago that He's, I believe He's here in this room with us. Yet He doesn't have to be here. He may be in your living room at home. He said, well, how will I know it? No doubt about that. She has been suffering for 12 years with this disorder. It's a creative miracle of God that your blood flows as liquid through your veins and arteries. And when it leaves the body, it clots and coagulates, they call it. At least that's what's supposed to happen. The WebMD medical website reports that coagulation, I'm going to try to explain it because I sure don't know what it is. I'm going to read it like I read it. But what WebMD web, web magazine, uh, website, that's what I'm trying to get to, reports that coagulation is a complex process in which as many as 20 plasma proteins form a stu- substance called fibrin to stop bleeding. When you start bleeding, if you cut yourself, it's going to stop before too long. When certain of these proteins are missing or deficient, a person can suffer from mild to severe bleeding disorders. The woman in our story stayed weak and anemic basically all the time. Because so her blood didn't clot together like it should have. She had continual blood loss for no telling how long. Some of you can relate to the suffering this woman because you're living with some kind of chronic Medical problem, perhaps. And you know how difficult it is. The second thing we see you can reach out to Jesus when you're strained financially. You know that? You can reach out to Jesus when you're strained financially. Mark reports that this woman spent all of her money on doctors and they didn't help a bit. Have you been in that situation? Probably said, what was happening? In fact, she had only gotten worse. This woman had probably tried every remedy known to man at this time. Probably some that somebody just heard about. Some neighbor says, hey, if you do this, let's take care of that. And it didn't work. Even the ones a little far out, she had probably tried them. On the edge of medicine. Now, they didn't have the same kind of medicine we do today, obviously. But yet, she had tried all these healing Propositions. She was frustrated. She was broke. She spent all of her money on this. Because she spent all these on these ineffective cures. Some of you can relate to that. To the sister in suffering because your most sensitive nerve right now is one that ruins your wallet. Number three, you can reach out to Jesus when you're struggling emotionally. She was considered an outcast in the town she lived in. She was labeled ceremonially unclean continually. She really wasn't even supposed to be out in the crowd. If you go back and read in the New Testament, somebody was something like this could not come around the crowd. But she did. She was determined to get out. Any person who came in the slightest contact with her had to wash their clothes and bathe themselves to be ceremonially cleansed. Just like a leper, she was to walk down the road warning people, unclean, unclean. She couldn't have friends. She couldn't associate with people. She couldn't do any things that you and I enjoy doing on a daily basis. She couldn't do it by the law. Now, she did it, and it worked. But yet she could have easily been put in jail for the same thing she did. You aren't, some people today feel the same sense of loneliness and isolation. That's probably what this lady feels. You aren't ceremonial or unclean, but you feel like you've got you're some kind of an outcast because of maybe something you did in your life, maybe something you were a part of in your life, and people find out about it and yeah, church people talk as much as anybody else do. And they spread the loop. And it hurts sometimes. One of the leading 21st century causes of emotional pain is abortion. I read this just just within the last couple of weeks. When it comes to the subject of abortion, the church has spoken out loud and clear about how abortion is wrong. And I, I agree with them 100%.
1: We've marched
0: as churches. We've picketed as abortion clinics. Written letters to our leaders. While all that is important, the church has mostly ignored an opportunity to, to minister to these young ladies that go through. Folks, we ought to wake up. A lot of people we could help We ought to be people that reach out to these young ladies and young men for that matter. They've also got to go through things. Every abortion, this is not my sound, I've got this. Every abortion has three victims. The baby, the mother, but also the father. Do you realize that a lot of men with their wife or girlfriend, whatever it may be, goes through abortions that affects the men almost? We don't do anything for me. I mean, yes, it's great we have that place right down the corner from. Us. But yet there's many men that their maybe girlfriend got pregnant and she went ahead and had the abortion. Nobody talks about the men that go through it. The reason some people are still suffering emotionally is because they live in denial a lot of times. And they haven't gotten truly desperate yet. They haven't reached the point of desperation. Dr. Vance Hapman, I know I've mentioned him several times. He's one of my favorite authors. In the secret of Christian joy that he wrote, he he tells the story. This woman was shy and timid. She was not in the habit of elbowing her way through crowds. But when we are desperate enough, we'll do anything to get through to God. God, our Lord, said, If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Thirst is not a casually wanting a drink of water. When we really thirst, water must be had. And we will drive through any obstacle to get it. Christians do not drink of the living water because there's no burning, feverish, consuming thirst. The situation is desperate, he writes, but the saints are not. There are all kinds of suffering, as we know. You may be suffering physically, financially, emotionally, re- relationally. Will you reach out to Jesus today and let him take care of what you Him Come to know who he is, really. There's another lesson from this miracle. Every miracle comes at a personal cost to Jesus. Hidden in this beautiful story is a simple spiritual truth that shines like a beautiful diamond set upon a black satin cloth. When Peter observes that everyone was touching Jesus, the Lord knew that one person had touched him with an expectant faith. The Bible says in Mark 5.30, at once Jesus realized that power had gone out of Him. I guess I've missed that in the Bible, to be honest with you. But as I was reading this past week and getting ready for this passage, I just I thought, wait a minute. Just the lady touched the hem of his garment, and power went out of Him. Doesn't that sound a little bit odd? Doesn't that sound strange? Let me tell you, every time... Jesus heals you you, 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 you from something. It may be a head coach. The power goes out. The power that He has goes a little bit higher than you. It may not be a great deed to do, but I want you to catch that phrase that it costs Jesus some power to do that. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. I believe what Jesus was saying is that the Scriptures reveal that the blessings of Jesus has to offer always cost him a huge cost. I don't care what it is. Now, I think if you fell on your knees and surrendered to Jesus, you could feel a great amount. even on little things like a lady touching a his body because He healed that person immediately. That's not normal, folks. That's the power of God reaching out to us. He always, was always giving so much of Himself. No wonder you'd find Him sleeping in the boat in the middle of a storm. He was always giving so much of Himself. I'd miss that too. I mean, yeah, I knew that Jesus slept in the boat one night in the storm, all those things. But yet, I never put the two of the two, two, to two together. that he lost power over that. Because he was giving of himself all the time. No wonder he was so caught taking a nap during the middle of the day sometimes. No wonder he was asleep places. He laid, I mean, I've, I'm not a boat person. I've no been in the boat probably one or two times in my life. I can't imagine it's very comfortable in the old wooden boat. That's just, you know, that's just my assessment of it. I don't know if it is or not. But he, only, I mean, he was, was sat down. He was out. He was that tired, he did not do anything but kill a few people. But each one of them took the power. If you've ever seen the movie The Green Mile, you need to. It's one of my favorite movies. It's about death row row inmates. One of the main characters is a a huge prisoner portrayed by Michael Duncan. Great big old guy. I mean, he's big. In the story that's strictly uh, fictional, he has the power to take somebody's sickness away. He can do that. Now, this is fictional, keep in (laughs) mind. Tom Hanks played the prison guard and Tom Hanks had a bladder infection. And it was killing him, literally. Out of compassion, this big prisoner reaches through the bars, takes away that infection. He literally takes it within his own body. Again, it's fictional. The movie is fictional. But when I saw that, I immediately thought, that's exactly what Jesus did whenever he was And he's still doing it. Maybe not in the way Tom Hanks did, but he still did it. Probably did it more efficiently, my guess. He took their sins or their sickness or their suffering into his life, and he carried it to the cross. That's what Jesus did for us. That's what he did for every one of you. That's what he did for me. And then many times, we get up on Sunday morning and go, Oh, I don't feel like going." They're not little finger the And so we decided to stay home because we were in pain. Probably visiting or something. But that's the way we are as Christians. Can you imagine being so committed that you give a part of your body to somebody? The ultimate miracle was when Jesus laid down his life on the cross. Our salvation is a free gift only because Jesus has already paid for it. We didn't pay for it. It's been paid for us. The prophet Isaiah was led by the Holy Spirit to convey just what our salvation would cost Jesus. Here's what he writes. As we look at the verse, Isaiah 53, verse 5, notice what Jesus paid for our salvation. He was wounded for our true That means that Jesus allowed the Roman soldiers to drive those nails in His hands. Folks, I don't know about you, but I've stepped on a new family before and I don't want one driven through my hands. That's got to hurt. And Jesus allowed it. He could have spoken a word and destroyed all those soldiers and all the people together there. But He didn't. He looked forward in years and He saw... Me standing here. And he knew that I could not make it through life without him. And he saved my soul. If you're here today as a saved Christian, he did the
1: same thing for me.
0: That means that Jesus allowed the Roman soldier to drive the nails in his hands and feet all because of my transgressions, my sins. He was bruised for our iniquities, it says. That means that Jesus bore my sins in this body on a tree, and He was literally crushed beneath the weight of all of our sins. The chastisement, the punishment for our peace was upon Him, the Bible tells us. Jesus experienced the hell of separation from God. hanging on that cross. A holy God has to judge sin freely. What is the punishment for sin? Hell for each one. Jesus experienced the hell of separation from God on that cross. That's why He cried, My God, my God. Why? Why? The punishment for sin. The test." He suffered the torment, the darkness at midday, the pain. Why? So that we could have peace with God. And by His stripes we we'll are healed. By His stripes. What are I talking about? When those Roman soldiers took those whips on his bare back and come down and lashed him many, many times. The only thing He said was, Now you can be saved. He loved us that much. That's the cost Jesus, that's what it cost Jesus to heal that woman that day. Or to heal us. Or our sin sickness. By His stripes. Or His wounds. The Bible says we are healed. That's what it cost Him. What a price. What a price. What a price. The next thing we see real quick, Jesus wants us to confess our faith before others. When Jesus asked, Who touched me? He wasn't asking for information. He knew who it was. He had already seen her. He knew He was going to touch it. Touching. Out of compassion for this woman, He was giving her a chance to publicly confess what had happened to her. And the Bible says in Mark Mark 5:30, then the woman knowing that, <laughs> then the woman knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear told him the truth. It seems as if this woman would have been content just to slip through the crowd and never be seen again. I can imagine she would have, but Jesus wouldn't let her. She didn't just sneak up and steal a measure. Jesus' the power. It was something that Jesus willingly surrendered to her when He felt her touch, grab hold of that cloak. That coat, what are we wearing? Jesus wanted to give her an affirmation for her public confession of His power. The same is true today. There is so no such thing as secret agent or closed closet Christian. There's no such thing. You're either a Christian who will stand up to your faith, or you don't have faith to the end Who expects us to openly confess our faith. Mm-hmm. Jesus said in Matthew 10, verses 23, uh, excuse me, Matthew 10, 32-33, Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge them before my Father in heaven. And whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. When you confess your faith publicly, you let other people know that Jesus can make a difference in their life as much as He did in his own life. There are at least two good reasons why we should confess our faith openly. First, when you confess your faith, you communicate to others Jesus can make a difference in your life. I remember. Five years ago, when I became a Christian, on a Friday night. Now I wasn't raised in church, didn't have much church experience, more anything. And until Judy and I started dating, and she wouldn't date me without going to church with me. I didn't like it, but I had to go. But it's once I saw there was something I liked about the people. They were different. They didn't cuss as much as I did. They didn't do the things I did. I like that. It was different. I've grown up that way. But Jesus made a difference in my life. It took a little while. He had to do some scrubbing under the arms a little bit more than he should have, but he got it clean sooner or later. But when you confess your faith publicly, you let others know that Jesus makes a difference in their life as well as yours. Those are two good reasons why sir, it should confess our faith openly. First, when you confess your faith, you communicate to others that Jesus has made a difference in me, first of all. And folks, I can stand here and tell you without a doubt, He's made a difference in my life. I'm not what I ought to be a lot of times. What's that little song? I'm not what I used to be. Thank God I'm not what I used to be. not that. That's why I don't sing and I just talk to mm-hmm. The Bible teaches that the best way the first confess your faith is by baptism. That little place up there that I don't think it's got any water in it now. But it's the first thing when Jesus begins to move in your life, you ought to surrender the baptism. I don't want to do that. That's all embarrassing. You get up there in wet clothes and everybody looking at you. That's what Jesus did. That's exactly what he did. He saw John coming. He said, John, come here, I got something you do. Now I'm Come here, I've got something something you want to do. He said, I want to be baptized. Take me out in and baptize you. Can't your imagine old John. Jesus. I'm not going to do that. I mean, you're the son of God. I I I might mess it up. I might hold you down too long. I you know, I can't I can't do that. But Jesus insisted baptized by you. And he took him out in the water and got him just like we do here. Some of you, I'd like to hold you down a little bit longer, but that's, that's another story. We won't get there. When somebody stands in the baptism and says that Jesus is my Lord, they're confessing with their mouth what they believe in their heart. Each one of them. That's why it's important. That's why Jesus said the first thing we do after we become Christians or saved is be baptized. What does baptism do for you? Nothing but get you with it. Your willingness to confess Jesus by believer's baptism will help others make the same decision. Your confi- confession will co- encourage other people when they see you. When you confess with your faith publicly, you let others know Jesus is the reason your life is different. But the best reason to confess faith openly is to let people know that Jesus is the reason that your life is. That's the main reason. You could walk out of here this morning and not say a word get people to know you, what happened to you? What happened? I know we're just about out of time, but I remember when I was an, a later teenager, I'd been playing baseball, always playing baseball. One night a friend of mine, well not that I knew him friend, but he is now and has been many years since then. He's every time I'd see this man, I think Glenn still lives in the Fort Worth area where we did? he'd asked me, When are you going to the church from? I'm not going to church with you. What do you think I am? I'm not doing that. Every time he'd see me, he'd pull over and stop me. I knew what was coming to his mouth. I shouldn't just take off running and left him behind. When you come to church with me. Finally, that went on for seemed like six months. We even tried to put beer cans in his. He was a Sunday school teacher at a local church. We, you know, a friend of mine got beer cans put on him. That way, the people see it and they'd get rid of him. My head be out of my hair. Didn't work. He said, "I know y'all pulling there. That's fine. I'll pull more." My point is this: finally one night, I wasn't dating Julie at the time, so to make clear that point before we start, I was dating another young lady, and she broke up with me.
1: Can you imagine
0: that? I mean, I was I was just blown away. She stopped me one night and says, "I'm not gonna see you anymore." you? Later and again. Of course I can tell you this. That Jesus had something better for me than what I had. I'm not going to point it out, but I'll just let you know it's just, it was. But not long after that, this youth director in Fort Worth kept after me to go to church. Finally I said, Glenn, I'm going to go to church just to get you off my back. And I did. didn't do anything. I was still as well as I was before. But Jesus made a difference. Let's close out here real quick. When we trust Jesus, we're welcomed into His family. Jesus said in Matthew 9, 22, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. Mark adds in his account of this story in Mark chapter 5, verse 34, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. If she hadn't had come back and confessed Jesus, she would have missed the blessing of hearing Jesus call her daughter. Jesus honored her by calling her one of His own. A part of His family. And you know what That the daughter of a king is? There was a miracle that had oh, another miracle that happened that day to her than simply having her bleeding stopped. She was saved. She met Jesus and it changed her life. There's a powerful word play that doesn't come out in the English translation too good. In her confession, the woman spoke of how she had touched Jesus' garment and had been instantly healed. That's a medical order. But what Jesus literally said was not your faith has healed you. He said, your faith has saved you. That's what she likes to say. He used a different word. The same word the New Testament uses for salvation. For instance, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved. That's exactly what she was that place. This woman came seeking a physical healing, but she found so much more. When she confessed her faith in Jesus, she had a broken heart. There was bitterness. There was frustration. There were questions. Those dark memories it had tormented torn her for 12 years. But she found healing of all those problems. When Jesus said, My daughter, take heart. Because of your faith,
1: you are faith. Go.
0: beautiful story. One of the wonderful mysteries of salvation is that before I ever chose Jesus, He chose me a long time before. I don't know why. He chose me. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, 4, 4 and 5, just as He chose us before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to a Adoption by as sons and daughters by Christ Jesus to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. I like that last part of that verse. Did you catch that? According to the good pleasure of His will. What does that mean? It means he, to, it pleased God to choose us. Everyone. If you're a child of God today, it pleased God for Him to choose you. Think about that. the God of the universe reached down and saved Robert. Can you believe that? But he did. It him to choose each one of us. In a, in a moment with God, Ken Guy prays an honest prayer that expect, expresses my desire and maybe yours too. Listen to what he writes. I confess, O Lord, how often I have followed in the crowd rest around you. I have pressed you, but only in the rush hour of religious activity. Sunday after Sunday, I take part in the crowd as I sit there through the service. I sing the hymns. I hear the sermon. I read my Bible. I say my prayers. I give my money. How could I be so close to your presence, yet so far from the house? Could it be that my arms are folded, resisting you? Could it be that my hands are full, there's nothing that I can hold anymore. I pray that if my arms are complacent, you would unfold them and outstretch long for me. And if my hands are full, I pray you would empty them so that I might cling to you only. Folks, Jesus is here today. We may not sin, but He's here. It's as if He's passing through this crowd. Will you reach out and touch Him by faith today? You'll take hold of his promise. He'll take you from desperation to deliver. Just like he did this Let's stand together. Dear God, we thank you, Lord, for this time you've given us. And Lord, we just ask that you would just take this story that we just used. And the Lord, we can see ourselves in this story. The Lord, you're longing to fellowship us. You're longing to reach down and touch us and Become part of us. And Lord, so many times I know my case, Lord. I just turn my back and give me one thing to do. And Lord, thank you for giving my attention that, that Friday night, so many years ago. Thank you for reaching down and showing me what I could be instead of what I really Thank you. Go with me. Lord, you know the hearts of every man, woman, boy, and girl there be anybody in this room that does not know you. My prayer is today that they would go to one of our deacons on the side of this room, this room and Lord we'll just kneel down for me to take them in another room, What it may find?